Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Success Harbor Podcast with George Mazaros, where it's all about making success happen for you. Hi, everyone. This is George Mazaros with Success Harbor, and I have Nick Kellett with me. Nick is the co-founder of Listly. He's also the founder of Gift Wrap and Answer Sets. Welcome. Hi. How are you doing? Thanks for inviting me on the show. Thank you for being here, Nick. Can you tell our audience what Listly is and and how would somebody use it and why would, would people use Listly? Okay, well, let's just, before we kind of let's jump into the, before I answer that kind of directly, let's just look at the why. Um, and, and the why really comes from the fact that you know, we love lists. Human beings kind of organize their lives in lists. We also have moved more recently into consuming content in the form of a list. So we learn and we communicate through lists. And, um, and once some of our research indicated that something like 30% of the web's content is in the form of a list. So things like 10 ways to, you know, 10 brilliant ideas for your new startup, you know, six places you didn't think of finding your new hires. Whatever, there's a list for everything. Any, any idea can be communicated in a list. And there's something magical about a list that says, this is going to be easy to skim, easy to consume. And we live in an info snacking world, right? You know, we, we don't want the full story. We want just the bullet points. And lists are like a ready-made bullet-pointed argument. So you listen to the title of a, a blog post or uh, you, know, you read a headline in a magazine. And if it's got a list format to it, you know, it's got a number in there, 10 ways, six things, seven tricks. You know, all of those things communicate to us. This is a list. I know I can skim it. And and so that contract with people is why um, you know, why we use lists. And and since since the web came along and web analytics came along, you know, publishers have always used lists, but they didn't know how effective they were when it was just print media. But with the web, we can track every click. And, and the, the most shared and most viewed posts on most websites are list posts. So that's the kind of why um, you would use list posts. Um, and, and Listly really comes along and says, just a minute, anything that's as serious as lists on the internet has a platform, right? So, so videos on the internet are a very serious medium. We, we communicate via video, we communicate via slides. So we have YouTube as the place to go and uh, look for videos, upload our videos, share our videos, watch our videos, right? And we have SlideShare for slide decks, but lists have nothing. Lists, are, really people haven't realized that lists are a form of, me of media all of their own. So, that's, yeah, that's, that's interesting because, uh, you know, people talk about what makes a great title, you know, for an article. Yeah. And like you mentioned that we, we, we process lists better than perhaps any other information. Yeah. And it's for the same reason, probably, titles that include, you know, the seven of this or the 10 of that and the 25 of whatever. Yeah. You know, people, for some reason, respond to those um, better our, than our, others. Our subconscious sees that and goes, oh. It's a list I can skim it. it. It matches to the title and says, "Oh, uh, you don't, you don't, you don't even you actually see a lot of list content that you don't even notice 
because maybe you're not interested in, you know, uh, retro cars or or baseball or fashion, or whatever, right? You don't, you don't, your your subconscious skims out that stuff. But when you are interested in skiing or motorbikes or you know marketing books, right? When your subconscious sees ten marketing books you must read this summer, you're like, oh, I bet I know them. But I wonder if there's something new for me in that list. And so that's the part of the attraction of lists is if it's a topic you care about, you kind of expect to know what's on the list. And so you're really checking off to see how smart you are. You're checking the author to see how smart he is. And if you if you walk away from a list with one new thing, it's a good deal. You know, so. I kind of think of lists as being like Vegas. They're like a random, they give you a random reward schedule. Not every list is going to be great, but you keep looking because you might hit the jackpot next time. So give me an example, you know, a blogger or, or, you know, somebody like me with Success Harbor where I interview entrepreneurs and I'm very interested in entrepreneurial topics. How would I use um, Listly? Well, you would, you know, you would decide that you were going to write a blog post that was a list you know, some tricks or, or and basically any any topic can be turned into a 10 ways or a 10 things you didn't know or whatever, right? And and so what you would do is create that list on Listly um, and then you embed that list on your blog. And so you create a blog post that's like 10 tricks on how to, you know, uh, drive up video sharing or whatever, you, whatever your topic is. And, and you break that down into 10 points on the Listly list. And the thing is, when, once that's on Listly, people can then start to vote on that list. So things can rise and fall of what's the best tips. But people can also go, oh, I can't believe George didn't put this on the list, right? And they can add to your list. So we actually make the content social and collaborative. So people can add to your list and Instead of being added to the comments section on your blog post, people can actually, you know, people become part of the list at the core of your blog post. So what if I wanted to come up with the, 10, the top 10 characteristics of, of a great entrepreneur, yeah. and I had an idea of what those 10 were based on my conversations with all the people that I interviewed. My question is, if I... If I have an idea for a list, like, let's say the top 10 reasons uh, why some, some entrepreneurs succeed and, and, and others don't, yeah. and I put that on Listly, and uh, people look at it and say, you know, we're way up, George. Three should be this, five should be that, and seven is just ridiculous. Yeah. So is that kind of the idea behind Listly that's really not so much my opinion, but it's what the community thinks is? Yeah, it's well, it's not so much about opinion. It's about what we're, what we're all trying to do today is engage people in a conversation that makes them care and want to come back and feel part of it, right? It's not about me being on stage telling you in the audience what's what. It's about us jumping into a dialogue and 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 getting involved and getting to know what each other's thinking about and and how we're how we're progressing and. And that's hard to do, and that's what Listly really tries to, to to focus on is is creating social engagement with your audience by involving people. So going back to your idea of saying, you know, these are the ten things that determine you know, 
who's a successful entrepreneur, you could just start with three. Here's the three things I think really matter. You know, that, but what do you think? And then let the audience add to your list. Or you could start with 10 and just ask people to vote. You, I mean, all of these things are valid, but you basically what you're trying to do is involve people in a conversation. So you don't, you don't want a, a totally black and white answer. Otherwise, there is no conversation. You need something that's got dialogue, debate. You know, the no right answer um, is more controversial and, and more open ended is good today. You know? Yeah. Uh, well, I think this is, you know, it really sounds like a really, really great idea. How did you come up with this idea? What was your your entrepreneurial experience before, a business experience prior to co-founding Listly? So, well, um, so there's two, two questions there. One, uh, the idea for Listly actually came from my co-founder, uh, who's Sham Subramanian, and he, um, he'd actually begun Listly before me. I, I, joined, I found Listly in, in my own journey and, and found Sham, and we kind of internet dated as, as co-founders and, uh, and, you know, once I discovered Listy, I kind of then got talking to Sharma and I, I joined him as co-founder. But he was actually looking at the web, thinking about the challenges of, of structured and unstructured data. <clears throat> and um, basically lists in a blog post are unstructured data because we typically don't tag everything correctly. So Google doesn't really know that that's a list. And and given how important lists are, when, we, when Sean found out that 30% of blog posts are in the form of a list, he was like, okay, that's too serious not to create a product and there's a business opportunity there. So that was really the, you know, that was the fact that people love lists, lists are highly shared, and the fact that lists were not really their own kind of platform, um, that, was the, that was the opportunity that, that Sean saw. And I, you know, I saw that too. As soon as I discovered Listia, I was like, "Wow, this is kind of cool because you can involve people in your content. People are always trying to get people to participate." I don't know if you've heard of something called one nine ninety, but there's a it's called the one percent rule. If you type that into Wikipedia, you'll find it, and it it basically means one percent of people create, nine um, percent of people kind of comment, and and ninety percent of people just consume. And that's that's just a kind of soft or hard rule of the internet. And even as people, you know, so what, what we're always trying to get people to get involved, and that's that's the sort of fun part of it. But um, that was what we saw with lists was you know, here's a way of getting people involved. So the the other question you asked me was, uh, what have I done before? What were my other kind of um, things have I done before this? Yes. And uh, you know, I've done, I've done several things. One, um, I think I, I probably had my last kind of proper day job where I had it at Boston stuff when I was like 23, and I I started a, a company in the kind of uh, ended up being in the kind of CRM space. Um, but after that, and that was that was great, it didn't necessarily go very far. We, we got lots of traction and stuff, but it didn't come to any kind of material outcome. Um, but it was a really good learning experience. And uh, when I left there, I took some of the ideas from that and I got focused on segmentation and I actually built a, um, a business intelligence tool called Set Analyzer um, that basically allow people to visualize and use Venn diagrams as a way of describing um, 
queries and you know, to describing business questions. Instead of using, people typically use ands and ors and brackets and Boolean logic, and that's kind of confusing. And, and Venn diagrams kind of made that whole notion much more visual and explainable. And that, that was a company, um, I actually sold that company to, um, to business objects. And they, so they acquired that technology and integrated it into their product line. Um, and then uh, after that, I actually went on to, um, it was a lifelong passion to produce a board game. I'd always uh, played a lot of games. I'd invented a lot of games. And even as a teenager, I, uh, I tried to sell a, um, a computer version of, of Connect 4 back to Milton Bradley. It was funny. They didn't think there was much opportunity for electronic games at the time, which is kind of funny looking back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but I also created some board games as a teenager that I tried to license in the UK, and I still got all the rejection letters from 1984 uh, when that was when I was doing that. But I actually went on to produce a board game, uh, and that, that game went on to win. 20 plus awards worldwide. It got translated into you know, 12 languages. And uh, it was a game about gift exchange. We're actually really bad at giving gifts. So we, we, we lie. We basically tell everyone every gift they've ever given us is wonderful. And so, so we give people bad feedback, which means we don't get better at gift giving. So that was a, a fun experience to, to publish a board game. And then that was right at the beginning of kind of social media and social marketing and, and crowdsourcing. So the, the crowdsourced a lot of the content for that game. It was really fun. Really early experience in social. Even done it was before even I published that before Twitter, which is hard to imagine a world pre Twitter these days. Yeah. And uh and then you you started uh you started Listly after I'd after I'd done a couple of things in between that just little experiments and research projects and uh, I was researching, and that's when I came across Listly. And uh, I had an idea for something kind of similar to Listly, and I found Listly. And that's uh, so why I, I got talking to Sham, and who's my co-founder, and and realized he was, you know, it was just him working on it. And so we, you know, we kind of swapped lots of emails, and then we had lots of Skype calls, and then eventually we decided, you know, what we could, uh, we should team up. So we a month later we met in person and and that was kind of two and a half years ago. So, so how many people use Listly today? Oh, we we've uh, something like one hundred and forty thousand users of Listly so far. So, yeah, you know, people people are you know I, I mentioned before about the one nine ninety. So people kind of you know one percent create, nine percent comment, contribute, and vote on lists, and then. 90% of people kind of consume that content. So some people just discover Listly for the first time just because they find a list on Listly. They were looking for something, you know, uh, what apps can I use as a lean startup? And they might find our lean startup list um, and then go, oh, look, this is a, a list of useful things. This is cool stuff. Oh, it's on Listly, right? They then begin to realize what Listly is. And then later on, they might vote on a list and then they might start saying, oh, there's something missing on this list. They might add to it and then they'll come around to going, oh, I should create some lists for myself. So 140,000 people use it. How many lists are on Listly today? Oh, God, I think something like 70,000, 80,000 uh, lists, yeah. 
So how do you promote Listly? Um, uh, how do you get the word out about uh, Listly? What is your marketing strategy? Well, really, basically, I kind of think of you know, Listly as a as a living machine. Um, it really is. It, it's alive because people create it and people contribute to it. People embed those lists on their blog. They share them, uh, and they are kind of a living advert for the rest of the platform. So it's a living machine where there are inputs and outputs and you know, what we're trying to do is have a machine that grows itself. And really that's, you know, for a, for a social platform to take off, you need to have that self propulsion. Um, and so that's really what we have with Listly is, you know, people are using lists on their blog, they're sharing them, they're contributing to them, which, which helps other people discover Listly. Right. So it, I think you can, you know, in the early days of Listly, you, you, I would get involved and, uh, you know, jump in and try and convince people to use Listly, and and that's that's not a really scalable model, right? It's very early, you know, enticing people to come and use the platform. But once the platform is more mature, it really needs to have its own self-propulsion, and Listly definitely does have that kind of mechanic in place where it's kind of growing naturally uh, on a daily basis. Uh, so how, I mean. You you you've been involved with Listly for about two and a half years. You mentioned yeah. Uh, so what is the the growing? Uh, you know what kind of curve is you know I mean you're at 140 now. Where were you 12 months ago in terms of number of users? Oh my god, uh, I don't know actually. Um, it's I mean it's just been a steady a steady you know growth. It kind of just I, mean, I think when I joined Listly we had 15,000 users. So it, it just it comes in waves of different projects. Some some projects bring in lots of users. People run a contest and bring in you know, lots of users. So it's a it's a steady growth as people discover Listly. Um, you know, there's a we built and, and you, we're sort of building out the product as we go. So building out capabilities, making it easier, simpler. I think one of the things today is you know to bear in mind is people you have to create something so super simple because people just don't have the attention span to actually figure out what something is. So they really want it spoon fed. And the, one of the best ways of spoon feeding people is to, is to take stuff away and just keep it. I mean, this is a very, very simple concept of a list, right? A list is a header and a number of items and, and keeping it simple is what makes it, um, you know, what you're, what you're always trying to do is figure out where's the friction. What is it that's stopping people um, signing up to do something right now, right? You gotta try and find out what it is people need and, and, and a lot of it, what we found is people the longer you exist, um, time is time is a really a powerful communicator. People have like heard of Listly, seen it, you know, people have got it on their their short list of things to, to focus on, but they haven't even touched it yet because we you know a social sharing tool like Leslie or a platform like that gets seen by a lot of people, right? So people have people are aware of it that maybe necessarily haven't used it yet, right? So that's what you're really trying to build up is, is raise that awareness and then you you want to get people to come to the platform and try it out and start using it and make sure that, you know, 
you're finding out where the friction is in the process so you can actually try and remove that. So we're always we're always iterating to figure out what it is that's stopping people and then finding those opportunities of when they can uh where and when they can contribute. And that's that's what we look at all the time is how people are using it. And you can get you get an incredible amount of data from your web analytics and how how long people spend on the site and what content that where they find you from and um where your search ranking is on a bunch of key terms, keyword terms, right? There's a lot of people, like 60% of our traffic at Listly is organic content. So people discover us through the lists, right? So uh, you have, uh, your site uh, has a very impressive 7,000 ranking on Alexa, mm -hmm. and uh, which obviously means that what you're saying is kind of a viral effect, although I don't, I just don't like this word viral. It just reminds me of a disease. Yeah, but viral uh, is a funny thing, right? It sounds, and it <laughs> sounds very like uh, catching lightning in a bottle, right? Um, the idea of trying to get you know millions of people to do one thing. I think what we, the Lisley has grown by lots of little, lots of interest by lots of people slowly and steadily over time, and so that. You know, it's like, like you're building this. We have thousands of people that come to the site on a regular basis, and they're all committed to it in different ways, right? And the way any of these things work is people fall in and in and out of love with all sorts of services on the web, and there are just too many services out there for us all to love them equally all at the same time. And so really, it's a, it's a battle for attention. It's a battle for emotional connection. Um, and that's really what we're trying to do is you know, build up people's preference to choose Listly as a place to go on, as a primary destination. Oh, I must do this on Listly. And I think one of the things that we think of with Listly is very much as a tool. And to me, a tool is something you know, like uh, you, a tool can do many jobs versus an app. Is, is something that's applied to do just one job. And apps sometimes are easier to use, but they only do one thing. Tools can be a little harder to use, but they do many things. And I think one of the things we think of as Listly is definitely as a tool. Like you can use slides on SlideShare to do many things. You can use video to do many things. And we think of Listly in the same way, but for lists. I mean, that's what we really see Listly as is like SlideShare, but for lists. So we're elevating the idea of lists as a platform and making it, making people realize, oh, I could use Listly to make a playlist of videos. I could use Listly to make a playlist of, of slide decks. Oh, I could use Listly to track all of my guest blogging. Oh, I could use Listly to create a curated list of the best bloggers or the best blogs to visit on this topic. There's, there's like hundreds of different ways to use Listly. And when people realize, you know, that they can use these things in many ways. They go, oh, it's much easier to use one tool like Listly than try and remember to use multiple different apps. So, that's so uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go on. Yeah. Uh, so how much uh, how much traffic does Listly get a month today? Oh, God. Well, we you've seen our Alexa ranking, which is a kind of reflection of that, right? So mm -hmm. um, I mean, we don't we don't we don't publish out all of this data. Uh, but Alexa is a pretty good indication of that that traffic. Um, so it's just you know it's like it's just a committed base of people, and then new people coming and going, and and joining up and creating new lists all the time. So, 
Okay. And so what is the revenue model for Listly? How does Listly make money? Well, we, we basically have a premium a premium product where we um, our target audience is really um, brands and publishers and, and bloggers who, who want to um, you know, involve their audience and build audience participation. And so we have a we have a premium product that basically allows people more control over how they embed their lists, um, more control over you know how they manage that process and what options they have to you know on a list, um, how they can control whether people can vote or not, and you know uh, how they curate the list if they can hide the curation queue. There's there's lots of little options that we have that give people control as a publisher. And so that that's uh, you know everyone can create three premium lists for free, and and then so they can try out those options. But then you know once they've tried them out, people convert up to to a, having our premium product, and uh, and and using that for their their you know, support their marketing efforts. So. Okay, uh, I have read uh, that you were self-funded for about eighteen months and recently begun raising a small angel round of three hundred and fifty k via angel. Yeah. Uh, at this point, what do you need to invest invest in? Uh, is it your technology? Is it marketing? What What, what do you need to? Uh, there's, do, always, there's always a balance of of both. You know, there's always. I mean, we basically have been very much a lean startup, so. Um, you know, which basically means you know we don't overdo anything. You know we try different features with a basic feature set and see what what people use and what people don't use, right? So we'll take things away if people don't use them, and we'll extend the things that people do use. So there's there's always more that we need to add to to fill out our vision of basically listly becoming SlideShare for lists, right, as a platform. And some of that, you know. A lot of the time, we've invested along the way in um, infrastructure to make it scalable. You know, for the number of people that were hitting Listly, you, know, you, need, you need to have a well-designed uh, architecture so it makes it fast and responsive and reliable. And, and then the other side of it, obviously, is kind of business development. Um, we're looking to outreach to, to bloggers and to brands and publishers to have them integrate Listly into their product line or or to use Listly on a on a regular basis. So that takes that takes kind of you know, people can find Listly and discover Listly through social means, but it's you know, we can also reach out to people to have them use Listly on their on their branding and their blogging and their publishing platforms. So I'm I'm very interested in the life of a business, especially for, during the first couple of years, because that's when most businesses fail. And so I'm, I, you know, want to ask you, in your opinion, what is the most important thing for an entrepreneur to focus on for, during the first 12 months of being in business? What do you think they should uh, spend their time on? Well, I, I kind of alluded to this before, thinking as a living, living organism, and I think at the beginning you you push this, you know, you're pushing this, well, not even a boulder, it's a small pebble, right, and it grows into a it grows bigger as you go and you're pushing this boulder uphill. And I think I, I believe you need to keep looking for signs of life that it's actually pushing itself. Right? If you always need to be there pushing forevermore, you, you haven't really built something that's, I mean, you can build businesses that way, right? But it costs, it takes more money because you're always having to provide all of the 
uh, growth momentum by advertising and promoting. So it's it's managing that mix of paid owned and earned media um, that is discovering that your product has you know a natural appeal with people and that it's going to promote itself um, virally on its own. So, so you mean if it's if it's all push all the time, there is something wrong with either your pricing or your product or the market or your pitch, yeah, uh, or your pitch. Okay, yeah. okay. And so, if it, so if it, if, it, if it works, you don't have to try very hard. It does. It, it it promotes itself, right? And that's something to keep looking for. Is you know, am I pushing or is it propelling itself? And then once you once you've got that natural propulsion. What you're looking for is to keep removing friction, because then this boulder can gain more momentum, it can roll more easily, it can it can grow itself more quickly, right? So you're always looking to remove friction, but before you can remove friction, you have to make sure it has some natural momentum. So. Yeah, that's that's excellent, actually. I, I think that's great advice. I just have a couple of more questions. So I know we're almost at the 30-minute mark. Uh, do you have time for a couple of sure. more questions? Yeah. What do you think is the biggest time waster for entrepreneurs? You know, I think sometimes listening to, <laughs> listening to the wrong people, listening to too much advice. Sometimes you need to like, you know, you don't want to live in a bubble. But if you have a belief of something you're heading towards, Listening to too many people will simply detract you from that goal, right? And I think the listening I try and do is through the platform, you know, looking for natural signs of life. Is it growing faster? Where? How? Etc. Right? Uh, but if I listen too much to people, I tend to, you, know, you can get very questioning. You start questioning everything they're questioning, and you know that that can be a bad thing. Okay. And if somebody came to you, maybe somebody in your family or a good friend that had a job, but, you know, they saw your entrepreneurial success and they say, you know, Nick, I, I, I want to be successful. What would be the first thing that you would teach him or her? Uh, you know, I, <laughs> that's a good question. You know, I think, I think it's just figuring out why you're doing it. You know, I think you have to if you want to become an entrepreneur, I don't think I'd do it for the, I wouldn't do it for the money. I do it because you love the thing you're doing. Um, because you love the challenge, you believe in the idea. Right? If you do it for, if you think you're chasing money, I think your motivations are a little bit askew. So money comes if you do great things. You have to do great things. You have to believe in something, stand for something. You know, if you haven't found that yet, I would stay where you are. If you haven't got that natural, you know, topic that you care about, something that you see that is wrong, that needs correcting, some source of friction, some opportunity, then if you haven't got that yet, I'd stay, um, stay funded by somebody else. Learn at, learn at somebody else's expense. Because once you start, you're on your own, you're on your own nickel. And that's kind of, that can be hard. That's when, that's when the ideas have to work, right? Well, Nick, uh, thank you very much for uh, sharing your story and to talk about uh, how you're building Listly. How can people find out more about uh, – how, how can people connect with you or find out more about uh, Listly? So you can, so you can find uh, Listly at list.ly uh, on, on the web. Um, we have a blog at blog.listly, um, and I'm uh, Nick Kellett on Twitter, N-I-C-K-K-E-L-L-E-T. Um, so I'm pretty findable. 
via the web, via Twitter, via you know LinkedIn, all these things. I'm in all these places, so yeah, welcome to uh, accept invites from people who want to link up on LinkedIn and and follow people back on Twitter. Yeah, it's always always good. Well, thank you, uh, Nick, and everyone. Check out list l i s t dot l y to learn more about Listly. Thank you very much, and wish you much success with it. Thank you.